0: Welcome back to the 411 on Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Bubba. With me once again is 411's own Steve Cook. And yes, we are back to discuss uh, what we promised about a week ago. And that was a an in-depth look at the uh, two documentaries on The Ultimate Warrior. And as we've kind of teased for a while, we knew this was going to be a case where we could uh, sort of compare and contrast because um, Dark Side of the Ring and the WWE a&E biographies, they set it up perfectly to where uh, you had the A&E one on Sunday, you had the uh, Dark Side of the Ring on Thursday, and that gives us a little time to uh, compare what we saw. Steve, as always, the first question is a simple one. Um, what did you think of both? Because I think I have an opinion that, um, I don't know if it's going to de- necessarily mesh with yours completely, but uh, I will say I was surprised by the opinion that I formed uh, based on both of these uh, Ultimate Warrior documentaries.
1: Well, it's it's kinda weird. I had I kind of had a feeling of what I was gonna see between the, with two documentaries. And you got you got a taste of that. I mean, the WWE one was more positive, but then again it also had some some stuff that made the warrior look pretty bad too. So yeah. it was it was more even handed than I thought it was gonna be. Um then on the other side with the dark side, and I hate to say it but I did not think it's one of their stronger episodes. I don't know. I mean, I thought the the first wife was okay. She had some interesting stuff to say. It's interesting how like how involved she was in the whole startup and whatnot, and some interesting insight from that. But uh, you know, and one thing I of, I'm already delving into the comparisons and whatnot. I thought I found it kind of interesting with uh, both documentaries where it was kind of tough to find people to talk about Warrior that actually knew him. Yeah. Like like uh, on the dark side show, you had you had the wife. But then you had Jim Ross and Jim Cornette, who, you know, I mean, they they knew Warrior, but I don't think either of them were around him for most of his career. And unfortunately, they just kind of said the same stuff they always say. So was somewhat disappointing. And over on the A&E show, it seemed like the majority of the talking heads outside the family members um, were like, you know, Peter Rosenberg, Sam Roberts. Yeah. Guys like that Meltzer, guys that didn't know Warrior either. And my theory behind this is that back... I think people who knew Warrior, they got talked about him back in the self-destruction documentary. And I think the fallout from that uh, led to those people not wanting to talk about the alternate warrior ever again. (laughs) So we kind of ended up with a bunch of people that didn't really know the warrior talking about him. Um, You know, I mean, you had guys like, like Shane chimed in a little bit and things like that. But I mean, and yeah, so... It's interesting because another thing I noticed is, you know, Dana came out before the dark side thing and she was mad about it. And we found out she was mad about it because the dark side uh, kind of reminded us that, oh, yeah, Warrior got into that conservative stuff because Dana told him about it. Right. So <laughs> you can see, yeah, you can see why Dana might be trying to cover her a little bit up there. But, you know, it, it's an interesting, interesting look back, too. And I'm of school of thought in general, that I do think Warrior gets kind of a bad rap for his in-ring work. I don't think that he's actually the worst wrestler I've ever seen.
0: Yeah. I, it's, there's, obviously, there's so many ways we can go with this, and, and I think, as I said, I wasn't sure if our opinions were going to necessarily mesh on this one, but I think it does, because I, I'm with you in that I did not think, you know, if you ask me which one did I enjoy more, I... Probably substantially enjoyed the A&E one more than I did the Dark Side of the Ring one. Now, again, I will say, and this is something that everyone's pointed out, I think it's absolutely impossible to try to do a one hour, which, again, you're talking 45 minutes with commercials and everything, on the Ultimate Warrior, which is sort of the hindrance that Dark Side of the Ring had. I think this is one that if you're going to do a two-parter, like you could have did a an entire season on The Ultimate Warrior and had enough content to fill, um, you know, whatever, 8 to 14 episodes probably. Um, so I think that's one of the things they ran into, and it almost felt like that they were just having to just really speed through everything as fast as they could to try to jam it all in. And I just think that overall, it sort of came across as something that was really all over the place because it did feel like you were trying, you were kind of just having to speed through all the different points in this this guy's life, um, which there were so many. And that's where the A and E part you're able to dive into that more because you have those two hours to work with. Um, so I thought that was probably the biggest difference for me. And again, I, I don't necessarily know that that's Dark Side of the Rings. Fault just because it is one of those where you know you you plan it the way you plan it and you you know you have that hour to work with but uh, overall I just think that that A and E going the direction they did like you said if it would have just been a full positive two hours we're having a completely different conversation but they really did go into some of the you know the dark side on the A and E one uh, of the warrior and I thought that that was something that was a little bit surprising but also surely, I mean, they had to know the reaction they were going to get had they not gone that route. So, it was very interesting, I thought, just the the differences. And, and like you said, there are so many sort of different elements that you could see in both of them. Uh, but there was that theme of, you know, you have Jim Ross and Jim Cornette. And um, like you said, Sam Roberts, Peter Rosenberg is on every one of these wWE biographies. It's like this guy is the I don't know who he's being promoted as, but like he's the new go to guy for wrestling. He's the guru, I guess. Um, and and yeah, I just thought that that those were, those were several things that stood out if you try to look at both of them.
1: You know, the worst thing, I thought the worst bit about Warrior on either show was that, that outtake thing they showed where they they're filming Warrior doing an apology.
0: Oh, yeah. Remember yeah.
1: They, he was doing. I guess he, he, he didn't sign autograph for some kid, and that kid wound up being the kid of somebody from a network. So obviously <laughs> the network guy wasn't happy, so they, did, they had to apologize because it was head of network. Otherwise, let's be honest, they wouldn't care. Yeah. And you really get that impression from how Warrior's going on, and you hear Vince in the background too. Vince is just like, "Come on, it's work." <laughs> like Vince, that that also made Vince look like a piece of shit too, to be honest. So yeah.
0: Vince did not <laughs> which, come across well in the in the Warrior one. I will say of all the ones, probably, which again we we could probably pick out many points, but I thought this was the one where Vince came across the worst, just in terms of some of the things maybe he said, and and like you said, especially with that that right there. So
1: it was so weird too because they had his whole th- like. One of the things they're trying to push in the Andy documentary was that, you know, Warrior, his father left at a young age, so he was looking for his father figure his whole life, and that is part of the problems he ran into. And they tried to really put over this whole thing where Warrior considered Vince like a father figure. And they go into this. The deal where they start talking talking about how great Vince is and how the guys look <laughs> look up to him and Miz is all yeah Miz who knows Warrior very well he's like well you know the greatest thing is when Vince praises me and they're just kissing his ass for a couple minutes there and then they ask Vince about like did you consider Warrior a son and Vince is like no I already have a son <laughs> right <laughs>
0: yes. which I
1: think uh, when you think about it, that might explain a lot of what goes on with Doe where you have you probably have all these people who look up to Vince as like this father figure and they want his approval and meanwhile, Vince, he doesn't care. If you're not there, he'll replace you with somebody else. It's, it's not, I'm not knocking Vince for that, but maybe I am kind of knocking the people who put all their self-worth into what Vince thinks of them.
0: No, that was a, a great point, because that is, that was the common theme, I thought, between both of them, certainly specifically in the, the A&E one, but, like, that was the sense you got, was that, you know, it was, I guess it was Warrior's, First, the her ex-wife, the um, Sherry Tyree, had said one of the things was she thought that you know Warrior basically just wanted more attention from Vince, and then of course we we got that entire theme and sort of that that part of it in the A and E one about as you said. I mean, they're asking Vince, you know, do, do you think of Warrior as a son, and and everyone talking about sort of the the childhood that he had, and I thought that was you know really the the common theme throughout this whole thing on both of them. And, and that was probably the, the biggest one that tied it together, aside from going really into the letters. I think that, you know, Warrior wrote Vince and what Vince wrote back. And um, those were, those are still something I think to see to this day, uh, just based on that exchange. But, um, you know, there's, there's one
1: thing <laughs> we found out too. And I've, you know, people have wondered whether Jim Cornette gives Vince McMahon a, a free pass on things. And I think it's because this McMahon gave Jim Cornette that letter.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> and Jim Cornette just loves the shit out of that letter, and he loves reading it from time to time, and ever since then, he's given Vince a free pass.
0: Yeah, well, I... That's a theory. That, <laughs> it's it's just so fascinating, some of the stuff, and, and, you know, one of the things that I think that really, when you look at it, you know, the Jake stuff was very interesting, to say the least, in the Dark Side uh, episode, because... I don't like some of that stuff with Jake. Like we said, he's actually, I think, from what we've seen him in some of these thus far, like Jake has come across really well. And some of the things he said, you know, you're certainly like, man, this, given what this guy's been through, which as we'll talk about, we're going to, we're going to really find out more about that next Thursday because um, that's the Grizzly episode. Uh, But I mean, er, this is one where I'm just thinking, you know, I look at what Jake said on some of the stuff about getting the, the title and all that talking about, you know, recalling Vince firing warrior after that SummerSlam match in in 91, Jake thinking he was going to, I don't know that that completely added up. I've seen some people point that out. Yeah,
1: It didn't. Yeah. It it wouldn't have added up. There's, I think Jake might've misremembered a thing or two there.
0: Yeah. And then, but, but still the, the one thing that always comes out above everything else on this is Jake talking about how he's going to attack him at the hall of fame and he's got the uh, roll of pennies or whatever roll of quarters. And, I'm just like, my goodness, ah, like that is <laughs> that's something. That would have right been there. something. Yeah. Um boy that would imagine been... by
1: the way, imagine WDF in 1991 trying to put the belt in Jake Roberts. I think you know, with all due respect to Jake, I think they probably might have thought that's a bad idea. Yeah.
0: I I was listening to that and I was thinking, I don't know if the, the time adds up on this, but as we said, uh we, we can't certainly um just put that to Dark Side of the Ring because we've heard uh plenty of those sort of uh recollection inaccuracies inaccuracies uh, when it comes to what we talked about with with Lawler and uh, Savage and all that kind of stuff. So um, that's not just uh, something that's specific to that episode. But um, yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned sort of the wrestling part of it. And, and that was, you know, Jim Ross, I specifically wrote this down on the quote he had was, you know, I've never seen a wrestler with less ability than the Ultimate Warrior. And like you said, I don't... I don't know if that's necessarily true overall. Um, if we're just looking at it from the wrestling standpoint, now, sure, there were lots of different things, and as you talked about, like Jake mentioned, and, and others talking about just actually working with him, um, not knowing what you were going to get at times, uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but it did seem—I don't know if I don't know if ability is the right word, but maybe just the. I don't know the intent or the motivation to maybe learn the certain aspects maybe is the better way to put it and I think you know some people put that and said you know those different things in different interviews but um I, I don't know I I thought that was interesting just to kind of look back cuz you know the the AE1 they had all the stuff you know with the the Blade Runners and the promos with with Sting and that was another one I thought that was sort of you know most of the stuff you got from Sting which obviously now he's with AEW um most of the stuff from Sting was older I think that they had used uh, and some of that stuff anyway. So yeah. um, that the, the wrestling part was interesting, just kind of from the the early phases, based on you know what he would eventually turn into. So, yeah, um,
1: the thing about uh, I remember Jim Cornette, Jim Cornette talked about how he basically thinks that you can paint up anybody, and uh, you know anybody with a good physique can get painted up and win a bunch of matches and get over like Warrior did. We know that's not true. We've seen that time and time again, where they try to build up some big steroid guy, for want a better term, they try, you know, put some steroid guy over a bunch of people, and you know, there's very few times where that actually gets over. I mean, Warrior Goldberg worked pretty well, but Goldberg also had that certain kind of charisma about him, and not everybody has that. Uh, Warrior had something about him. I know people like to complain about his promos, but I don't know. I, Warriors promos always kind of fell, fell in the is so bad they're good category for me. Well, I don't I mean, know about you, but I mean, was <laughs> I always got a kick out of them.
0: Like that's the thing though, but, like the character. Did you expect like some kind of eloquent? You know, I, I think it's all about managing your expectations on what you're going to get. Like you were never expecting this guy to come out and cut a, you know, I, I don't know, like anyone, like you know, just he wasn't going to be Ric Flair. Like he wasn't going to come out and and cut these kind of promos like that and and lead you on this you know, whatever this journey with, with his story or anything, it was just you, this guy comes out shaking the ropes like a maniac, um, you know, running around just energetic. Like, I don't think you probably could have expected anything else from that particular character um, with him. But, you know, I I keep thinking back and and we always talk about this with some of the other stuff that's happened in wrestling and everything. And, um, you know, what that that pressure that comes along with, you know, when you get to that very top point. And, you know, I think we've seen different people handle it, obviously, much differently, uh, in terms of how they're able to carry that spot. And I thought that between both of these documentaries, um, that was the one thing, too, that I think that really stood out was, everyone sort of realized that once this guy got to that point where he beats Hogan, of course, we can go back to even you know, the reaction to him winning the Intercontinental title when he beat Honky Tonk Man, and um, and then you kind of take that the next step to him beating Hogan and becoming the guy, like, it was pretty clear, and I think it was, you know, I think it was Sherry Tyree, the, the ex-wife that had said, you know, things sort of changed after that, and and we've seen that before with guys that get to that point, all the pressure is now on you, and And I can see, you know, how that can completely, you know, change everything. And it seems like that was sort of even for a guy that had a very complicated, um, you know, point to, to get to that point. It seems like that is where things started to, you know, certainly head in a, in a different direction, even if um, it was, I don't want to say it was necessarily predictable, but um, it did seem like once you put all that weight on this guy's shoulders and you go back and, and everyone talked about, you know, sort of the, the issues, you know, childhood stuff and all this, the insecurity, all those things. I thought insecurity was really a common theme uh, that every a lot of people mentioned. That puts a lot on a guy's shoulders, and um, that uh, certainly seemed like a point to where uh, you saw a lot of that sort of you know unfold in terms of the bad stuff in his life.
1: Yeah, and Warrior had to deal with his insecurities in a certain way, and uh, not a way that I would recommend, which led to a dissolution of the first marriage there. Yeah. And you know, it's kind of one one interesting point, kind of, uh, to tie into another dark side there. They didn't really mention that... Uh, one of the women that Warrior was uh, going around with in 1990 during the title run was none other than Melanie Pillman. Yes. So that would have been interesting to tie back into that. And, you know, and let's be honest. I mean, I don't know if Melanie was the type of woman that uh, was good for somebody like Warrior in a fragile mental state as it was. Yeah. Could, have, could possibly been an issue there. But, uh yeah. and, you know, Sherry there... Sh- I kind of, you know, I was kind of expecting, uh, you know, when you heard like, oh, you had the first wife on there, she was uh, pretty, she was pretty nice to Warrior, a lot nicer than I yeah. thought. Uh, there's still, there's still some feelings there. And she was, you know, she talked about, she didn't really come out and just flat out bury the guy, which I think we were all kind of expecting. Yeah. And, you know, over on the A&E dog, you had the, you had Dana there doing her thing and you had the, you had the daughters on there too. And. One thing we can say about Warrior is that uh, you know his family doesn't hate him. Yeah,
0: I mean that's true. Even if
1: they have reason to, they you know something there's something there.
0: Yeah, I mean, and and I think it was you know the the Dana Warrior comment which got a lot of traction, and you know even Dark Side of the Ring put out the shirt uh, smut and filth um, to you know kind of react to that. I, I was like, when you I guess when you see that, like you're thinking, oh boy, like you know you don't really know what to expect, but really when you think about it, I mean what does Sherry Tyree have to lie about at this point? Cause again, I thought she came across and we've seen this before, like in some of these dark side of the ring, or even like we said, they're, they're different circumstances, but you know, when you look at, let's say for example, like the gorgeous George thing on the, the savage um, biography and that kind of stuff, um, you know, it can, it could be a much different presentation uh, I think in, in different circumstances. But um, I thought that Sherry Tyree just sort of came across as just a a normal human being that, again, I don't I don't see any reason for her to lie about anything or bring up anything that really, you know, is going to amount to anything substantial just because she essentially has no reason to. And I thought the fact is she probably went into a lot more of the stuff than I even expected because, again, that you could tell, like, it was—that's pretty— that's hard stuff like when you think about, you know, what she went through and, and how everything unfolded there and, you know, her recalling finding the planner and stuff with the the women's names in it and all that coming. I mean, that's a that's hard to, to kind of recall. Yeah. But I thought that, again, she probably came across as well in that scenario, I would say, you know, in a lot of these documentaries, as we've seen before. There can be times where, you know, th- there can be a vendetta to be had. There can be, you know, reasons to to throw whoever under the bus. But I just thought that she came across as, you know, someone that really tried to tell the entire story. There was a lot of good in there, but, boy, there was a lot of bad in there, too. And I just felt like she didn't really shy, shy away of any of it.
1: No, yeah, I mean, she was fine. She uh, She was pretty even-handed, and it's... You know, it seemed like a normal person, which is why we never saw her in the wrestling business. I mean, that's pretty obvious <laughs> right. there. As far as the smut and filth go, I, I really believe that the only thing that Dana's really concerned about is that the whole business where we found that the Warrior was a raging right-wing psychopath because of Dana Warrior. <laughs> that's, a, that's really the thing, you know, the, uh, and they've kind of portrayed it in the A&E bio, and Dana tried to kind of pass it off onto the media, you know, certain news channels. But who turned on these certain news channels? i mean come on now it's kind of of strange there and another thing i kind of thought while you know seeing the daughters on there it's got to be tough you know growing up and you know your father dies at a young age but then you can go on the internet and read all this horrible stuff about your father i mean it's that's gotta be tough and it looks like they're dealing with that pretty well and I, i wish nothing but the best for them and Let's let's have to get some new last name someday, because it's got to be tough going through life with the name warrior as well.
0: Yeah, they did go into the name change uh, and all that stuff. They they mentioned that uh, for sure. And and I can, I can recall just like thinking back to that. And I remember everyone's reaction. Of course, that was way back when. But it's like, really? the warrior that's it that's the name all right well um so yeah i mean it's, it's funny now you see a
1: lot of wrestlers doing that yes that like is steve true. austin uh sean yeah. michaels that legally that. they're more normal sounding names mind you but yes <laughs> right. so warrior kind of start a trend there no he... people trying to keep their name
0: he did um that was you know that was something and i I don't know i mean i think back to you know you talk about like the kids and um and that's something we've seen too in and in a lot of these you know the ones that have that have had the kids you know we mentioned the pillman one like you can even think back to like you know the piper one and, and all these others that we've seen in both the dark side of the ring and a and e biography and um you know it's just you think about the impact like that's always something i i, th- I mean because again Remember on the dark side of the ring stuff, like a, we're talking about the darkest of the darkest stuff like that we've seen in wrestling, and I think whenever they you know they're able to which again, this was different because a and E was the one that featured the kids, but in dark side of the ring, like we've seen you know Pillman's kids we've seen um others in the past on some of these other episodes, uh, but it's just like you know that's always something that it brings it full full circle, I think in terms of. You think about the subject we're talking about, which obviously, you know, with Warrior, a very, very complicated uh, individual to say the least. And I think that was Chad Venners was he's the one he's the one that did the um I don't know he was the, the sort of the biographer I guess for for Warrior, and he he had a lot of um you know time on the the A and E one like he and I thought he brought a lot you know to the table in terms of kind of recalling some of the the background stuff and and everything that kind of went along with it. But I think he had a quote that was basically like, hey. There's nothing simple about the Ultimate Warrior, and, and that is completely true, but I think it just there's so many complicated elements to it that sometimes you look back and you're like you have to remember like the entire family and kind of the impact it's had on them. And like you said, if you think about all the all the stuff, like the self-destruction of the Ultimate Warrior DVD, all the you know, the political stuff he did, you know, the Yukon the speech, like all those different things. And like these are the people that are having to sort of still see this talked about you know they they know it's available on the internet they know it's still out there but um having to find a way to still sort of live a normal life um that is certainly a challenge when you talk about you know whether it's kids whether it's you know wives ex-wives whatever um that is that that is something for sure
1: yeah and warrior had a lot to dive into and i think i think both documentaries kind of suffer from that because even with the two hours there is a lot of stuff they glossed over like in both documentaries, I don't think they mentioned, uh, the WCW didn't get mentioned once, yeah, which is kind all. of a shame because, I mean, one of the highlights of the self-destruction thing was Hogan actually taking the blame for screwing up their second match, yep. which, I, you know, probably the most shocking thing I ever saw was Hulk Hogan taking blame for something. <laughs> <which>, you <Yeah. laughs> don't see that every day, but, you know, it was, uh, you know, this. Just one of the, one of these weird things, and just a lot of stuff they didn't have time to cover, which is which kind of is what it is,
0: I suppose. Yeah, I thought was it. I guess it was the dark side. Which again, some of the stuff just gets it blurs together when you're you're having. I mean, we we had three hours of Ultimate Warrior stuff too between you know A and E and one with Dark Side. But I think Bischoff was on the Dark Side of the Ring one. I think it was, and like he didn't really say a whole lot. But I thought that's, yeah, I think he had like one parents, maybe. Yeah, and that's what I, I was thinking was like you know, again, this is where if you have those two hours, then, you know, you've got Bischoff to go into the WCW stuff, which, you know, they're not getting Hogan. They've, I think they've talked about that in the past, trying to get Hogan for stuff. And, you know, maybe eventually they will get him for something, but, um, you know, that's, that's something too, where if you have that second hour, but, but I get it, you know, you, you had sort of a, the two part on Pillman and you know, maybe not doing the two part on warrior. I, I get all that because, um, it's just, it is, it's so hard. And like we said, there's enough, there's enough background and history with someone like warrior that you could do, you know, legitimately a, a very long series on that, uh, that, that eclipses, you know, two hours and, and goes beyond that. Uh, but, uh, that, that was definitely, you know, something else. And, and, you know, I thought that overall, I mean, it was like, I, I think that both of them did a good job. Like I said, I, I think the, the one thing A&E had going for it was it did have the two hours to be able to dive much deeper and go, you know, much for even if sort of the, the cast, like we said, was really made up with a lot of, um, you know, different people that really didn't know him. Um, But I think they had a, a better chance of covering it fully, uh, even if there was stuff that, that was left out, like you said, but you know, just going into to him taking the pills for the anxiety and like having all those problems. But at the same time, you know, really talking about, you know, the the self-destruction of the Ultimate Warrior. I, I thought, you know, WWE is showing a lot of those comments from that self-destruction of the Ultimate Warrior DVD. Um, I, I remember watching it. Of course, you know, there's still a lot that stands out, but I just think back on that, and I'm thinking, look, this guy was certainly not easy to deal with at any point, you know, in terms of his career and what it led to that DVD. But man, I mean, I'm thinking back and they even they had some of the comments from, you know, from Warrior talking about how it it hurt him and and that kind of stuff. But I'm thinking, my goodness, like that was the ultimate hit job in terms of what they did with that DVD and to actually see them replay a lot of those quotes. I'm just thinking, man, that was what an interesting period that was for them whenever they released that.
1: Yeah. And (laughs) you still kind of have to wonder what they were thinking at that point, because it's Not like exactly like warrior was like a newsworthy figure at that point. Yeah. I mean, I guess that was was that around the time of the Yukon speech? Maybe. I'm, you know, my yeah. timeline is really bad on that. But I guess it's probably around that time. And maybe they're just trying to cut any kind of association that they could possibly had with the guy. I mean, I don't know, but uh, no, it doesn't doesn't paint them in a positive light. Vince didn't come off too positive on that show in general. And yeah, there's not too much I'll say about that. It's just, I, don't, I kind of wonder if Darkseid, if maybe if they have waited a little bit longer to do it, like maybe waited for like, for like another season or two. Yeah. I made some more time to pass because I think now you're still kind of in that weird time period after where people aren't as mad as War at Warrior. And there's also other stories that Darkseid could delve into, like the Grizzly Smith stuff they'll do next week or Dynamite Kid. There's probably some other stuff they could do where they could dive in more than they could with Warrior at this point.
0: Yeah, I looked it up and I was trying to think of the timeline too. So I wanna say the Yukon the speech was in April two thousand five, I believe. And then they released the self destruction Ultimate Warrior DVD um in September. So yeah, like you could Okay, that's
1: that that's probably a big part of it. Then they're exactly. probably just trying to cut yeah. any ties try to make sure that people did not associate him with them yeah i think that's although exactly you know right. we could make it political i'll i better not go down that grade too far
0: <laughs> I, <laughs> listen there, there's there's plenty of opportunity i think for uh given what we saw um in, in this and you know we we saw the excerpts and and some of the footage um you know in both in in terms of you know Calling everything he said specifically at UConn.
1: side not exactly bleeping things either. <laughs> no,
0: they were not. Um, and, and again, that's that's the one thing they have going for them, I guess. If you compare it to, well, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it, that's I wouldn't, you know, that's not a positive. But yeah. uh, they can at least, yeah, I guess, you know, in a sense, they they can get a little bit uh, darker when it comes to uh, everything as we know because it is on uh, Vice versus A um, and E, but. Yeah, I mean that's there's there's lots of opportunity in, and I think that's where, you know, and I've I've seen some people have brought up too, you know, when you look back at some of those Warrior uh, videos and all that kind of stuff, you know, I think I've heard a lot of people bring up the the things he said about Bobby Heenan and all that. Um, yeah. That was one in particular that that obviously was not mentioned at all um on yeah, any of these but... I'm
1: kinda of surprised that you thought Cornette might I mean Cornette alluded yeah. to how Bobby Heenan didn't like him, but they didn't quite delve into that quite as much as you yeah. thought.
0: Yeah, there was certainly um some very significant stuff. And um I mean Warrior did not have nice things to say about Heenan when he was having his um no. health issues and all that. So that that those are the kind of things where again, I mean, you can only you can only paint a, a some sort of picture in the amount of time you have. And I think that there is still probably so much out there that could have been delved into in terms of um you know again there are probably some good things out there that they probably still could have discussed but there are also some of these things like we said the heen and stuff and other things that that you know if you just went back through and looked at it all. It's, you know, it really, you know, your opinion is going to just it's going to be all over the place in terms of some of the things you see, because that's kind of I think the full story is that this was sort of a, a guy that that really was like you could see, you know, they went all the way back to the start. They they started at the childhood, then they went up to, you know, sort of essentially things finally getting, you know, to a better place with him. And, you know, they showed the footage um you know the hall of fame after the hall of fame him on raw um cutting the promo all that kind of stuff where you're thinking okay maybe this guy's finally getting to that sort of turning point perhaps um moving beyond all of the the stuff all the controversy everything that he had said and, and maybe it's actually you know starting to sort of become a better human but then like there there's so much stuff that's still out there that you're like boy if you look back on that um it's just like man it's it's so hard to kind of look at this and and be like i don't even know how you sort of take it all in like again just think if you're a casual viewer and you're watching something like this which again most of the people watching this are probably you know very sort of hardcore wrestling fans people who remember the warrior um you know followed wrestling or whatever but if you're a casual sort of viewer tuning in let's say to the A&E one it's like i don't know what kind of opinion you form out of watching those two hours just based on the the sort of the roller coaster of everything that they went into. Um just uh it's just wild to think about his his story as a whole.
1: I think a simple I mean for a casual viewer I guess if we have casual viewers anymore, <laughs> I guess really the the simplest way I think to look at Ultimate Warrior would be uh Oh gosh, uh drugs are bad. Okay.
0: Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and they didn't go into any <laughs> steroid stuff. Like they didn't go into any of that on on any of the stuff either. And like you know, that could have been another element they could have tied in. But like there's, like you said, there's there's much more to it than that though. So.
1: But yeah, uh, and as far, as far as the fans, I mean, we're all gonna have our different opinions and whatnot. There, are, you know, some good qualities, some bad qualities. At the end of the day. Uh, most people have good qualities and bad qualities. They're just not displayed quite as much. Uh, they're not as extreme on both sides or on one side as Warriors were. He's, you know, his, his bad qualities were pretty on full display from time to time
0: and very public. Um, very, very public. Yes. So. That's, that is not a good thing. Uh, like you said, that's, um, that's, no, where, and then yeah. And
1: you notice in 2014, when he, when he comes back, I mean, when you look back at that footage, um, he didn't look good. It no. looked like he was he was uh, huffing and puffing, and he looked like a guy. Unfortunately, he looked like a guy that was about to die, and that's pretty much what happened. And he was he was able to kind of flip the flip the script a little bit and get his uh, legacy somewhat repaired right before he did so. Which uh, you gotta give him credit for that, don't you?
0: Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. Like, I, I think that it is so easy to kind of, and you, I think you said it the best. Like the extremes like that is the best way to put it because I like get it was like you, you know, you see the extremes when we talk about sort of, you know, everything that he was discussing and sort of the, the very, very strong, um, you know, political views and the speeches and all these other things. Um, and you know, the wrestling stuff too, in terms of, you know, how he was to deal with, which again, I mean, uh, it's not, you know, these people, yes, maybe at times that they, they they are sort of looking at their own self-interest but you know they're they're, people saying bad things about the warrior in terms of dealing with him in the ring and that kind of stuff is not anything new um that's been something that's been said over the years and um you know i think that there are certainly parts of that too and we know from the business side of it and you know the letters events and all this other stuff um that there were there were difficulties there as well but like you said i I think you also look at and say all right did this guy go so far down this path that he was never able to get out of it? Um, at one point, you probably would have thought, I don't know that this guy's ever going to be able to turn things around and, and maybe do anything that's going kind to, of, you know, I don't want to say completely, because again, you're, you're never going to completely take away the, the bad stuff that happened and the different, you know, all the things they went into that were certainly on the darker side of things, um, but... It did seem like, you know, they showed, you know, him, and I mean, it's, you know, it's on both of these, where Jake's retelling the story about him, you know, apologizing to Jake at the Hall of Fame, and, um, you know, the, the different, they showed the footage backstage with with Hogan and, you know, I know a lot of people have sort of poked fun at that about the Hogan comment on uh, that tape should have never happened, brother. Uh, boy, <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was Oh the my line God, there. That was bad. Um, that was, that yes. Was so that, that line there was uh, certainly uh, one that I know uh, some people uh, had some fun with, but um, yeah, like it's just, th- this is one where, like we said, this is probably one of those, we could talk about the ultimate warrior and kind of, you know, for hours just based on just, I mean, that there are like, and I'm just like, even just looking at my notes, I'm thinking, and I've, I take a lot of notes on these, but I'm like, I have so many notes coming out of like both of these. It's just like, there's so many different sort of interesting aspects of this guy's life that they went into just in these three hours that we got between both of these documentaries um, and I'm just like there's so much more to it like there's so much more out there that you could go into as well. Um, like you said, whether it's the WCW stuff, whether it's you know the bad stuff or sort of the you know whether it's just the stuff you talk about with Heenan or uh, other things I'm sure that that said were, that were not great either. Um, but it's just like this this really was It just it was a very complicated story um and it just yeah Yeah. like it just was so many ups and downs and i think that's that's kind of the best way you look at it so
1: we also got two different explanations on the 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 origin of the name dingo warrior
0: no the dingo warrior yes (laughs) from (laughs) queens new york uh well that was i I did that that was pretty fun i thought them going into the, the dingo warrior and um what was it the uh of course, Jim Jim Cornette and um, Jr. I think Jr. had the the line whatever it was about Uh, uh and uh, warrior what's whatever he had mentioned and Jr. was I don't remember what he said like you know if you're someone asking yourself you know what the hell is destrocity or whatever he said um, that that was another thing I know that, yep. that they had some fun with so
1: yep if you guys think Jim Ross is mad and uh, Barry's AEW wrestlers. My goodness.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, he was, Jim Ross was not a, a warrior fan. I think we, (laughs) we could tell that, um, even, I think again, from the very beginning in the dark side episode, you, and I mean, you knew it before, but, um, he's talked about it uh, previously, but it's just like, he was not a, not a huge fan, uh, I think of the warrior, um, overall, but, I mean, I guess, you know, Steve. Overall, I mean, like we said, we've we've hit on a lot of different points with with him, and and there, again, there's just so much, um, you know, so many sort of bullet points you can look at throughout this guy's life and career, and be like, boy, that was that was interesting, um, that that happened or this happened or or whatever. But um, I don't know, it was just you know, again, complicated. You kind of go back to the childhood stuff. They really brought that up, and you know, I I go back to the the insecurity you know the pressure after he became you know the guy in the WWF after beating hogan and um you know just that that sort of road and what it kind of led him to after that point um just uh yeah there I think we can safely say this there are very few if any stories um in professional wrestling uh, like the ultimate warrior and uh, I think we we pretty much got that uh, from these two
1: Yep, and um, may, and we'll probably not talk about the Ultimate Warrior again for a very long time, to be honest with you. I think we've, you know, we got the bio, we got the dark side, and I think, uh, you know, uh, it's weird because when I was growing up, Warrior was. I grew up, I started watching wrestling just after Warrior won the title. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I missed you know Warrior won the, the Summer like WrestleMania six, and I started watching around SummerSlam ninety. So Warrior was for first champion I was familiar with, and so it's always kind of fun to go down these roads and see wrestlers from back in the day. And even though Warrior definitely has complications and uh, a lot of people didn't like him, at the end of the day, I just kind of go to the place where it's like, okay, I remember the memories from when I was a kid. I hope his family's doing well, and you know I hope he did find peace at the end. there. Even yep. though he did, he did say some terrible, horrendous things, and there's no excusing any of that. You just, you just hope at the end of the day that these people find peace, and I, I think he did.
0: Best warrior match: Hogan or Rick Rude? SummerSlam '89.
1: See now. <laughs> I'm gonna get off the. I'm. I'm adding that's neither one for me because my personal favorite. And we'll go ahead and spoil it. Well, we'll spoil it anyway because what the hell? We, have, we do have a column coming up on the yeah. top seven like Ultimate my, Warrior matches. You like my matches. segue
0: there, huh? <laughs> but,
1: you know, I'll just tell you right now, my favorite match is neither of those. I always liked the chemistry between the Ultimate Warrior and the Macho Man Randy oh, Savage. Why oh, did I guys. forget that
0: one? That, um, yeah, that's probably, yeah. you're right. Yeah.
1: I don't know why. I don't know. Those two guys were both completely insane, but they're on the same wave wavelength, you know? Uh, Savage was able to get some great stuff out of him. And I still go back at least once a year, and I watch the career-threatening match at WrestleMania Seven. Yes. Yeah. I absolutely love that match. I know there are people who don't like certain things about that match, but for me, the uh, the story it all works. Everything works from start to finish. And of course, you have the amazing climax at the end, the moment after with Elizabeth. It's just to me, it's it's pretty much the the perfect exhibition of WWF wrestling from back in that era.
0: I don't know why. I'm just like I think I'm so deep in my my notes here. Like looking at these documentaries, I was like, why did I not that That would be number one on my list. Probably without even looking at anything else, I'd love the the Rude one. I just thought that you know their their SummerSlam '91 was never. It was not as good as their '89 one. But I thought that you know him and Rude for what it was worth. You know, Rude. I mean, you know, you're talking about someone who's just a huge Rick Rude fan, and um, I thought that they you know did. Very, I mean, they, you know, he did what he could, but I thought their SummerSlam '89 was really good. And then, of course, the Hogan one, it was, it was good for what it was, I thought. But like you said, there, there's nothing that's going to match, um, that one. Yeah, with, with Savage and the, the career, and, you know, that was just, that was a spectacle. And again, even if you don't look at it as a technical masterpiece, I think if you put the entire picture. Um yeah, adding all of that into it, I I'm with you I don't I just completely slipped my mind. Um but yes, that is that is the best one probably. But yeah, that that was my segue to uh let you hype your uh, the column that you had coming up. So um
1: and on the Rude notes, I mean Rude was definitely one of his best opponents and I always thought it was kinda of weird when people would talk about how, you know, I guess things fell off in nineteen ninety after Warrior won the title. And you kind of thought that I mean, Rude was one of his best opponents, so putting with him with the, that feedback that there made sense. But at the same time, I think what happened was people had already seen that back in 1989. They already had the WrestleMania and SummerSlam match then. And looking back, it's probably just too soon to get back to that. And even if Rude did cut the hair and got a little bit more serious and came up as a little bit more of a threat, I still it's, it was still going to take some more time before people saw him as a real threat to the Warriors title.
0: Yeah,
1: Looking back, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I think so too. And I love
1: Rude, but I'm just saying I, I'm a big Rude fan too. But I I think not enough time had passed. Now, unfortunately, you can't get in the time machine and combine things because by the time 91 92 rolls around, and Rude is the, one of the highlights of HW programming. That Rick Rude was a serious title contender.
0: Yeah. Oh, no, I mean we we've always said that. Like I think especially whenever when the the big baby faces like get their huge like crowning moment it's 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 significant but i think what's even more significant is you know do you have someone ready for them to keep that same momentum um because random
1: example 1999 big show get wins the title randomly right. it's their survivor <laughs> series and they put them right back in the feuding with big boss man after several yeah. months of that crap well and, and big boss man was and no, all due respect, Big Boss Man. He was nowhere near a world title contender at that point.
0: No, uh, that was, and I even think, like different circumstances, but like the Daniel Bryan thing, which it was going to be impossible, probably, to sort of match, you know, that that build to the, you know, WrestleMania 30. But went right back to Kane, right back to Kane. And I know, which like all injuries, to Kane. But know,
1: we, we, we just seen him.
0: Yeah, and I think that's that was something that. I don't know that that's really always you know that that has not been a strong suit I think for WWE Um, you know there sure there have been times where you could point out examples where it's worked but um, that is something that you think about and you're like that that's a big part of it Um, it can't just be getting to that sort of crowning moment it's what you have afterwards which you know a lot of wrestlers have already talked about that but um, that is something I think you think back on with the warrior and you're like okay well what's different and yeah I don't know there's there's a lot of what ifs you could play there but uh, yeah you you do have that column. Uh, you're working on on the uh, top uh, Ultimate Warrior matches, and uh, as we said, uh, for some reason my mind just skipped the the one with Savage, but that that's one that uh, probably tops the list for most people. But uh, be interesting to see what else uh, you have on your list there. But you know, uh, I
1: I also enjoy the WrestleMania 12 match with Triple H, but that's more because I just <laughs> really get I just really get a kick out of that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, it just makes me laugh. What can I say?
0: It's uh, it's different. I, that whole again, yeah. there there's something else. That I think I know they kind of went in a little bit, but like they could have, I'm sure, touched on a lot more about the, you know, the whole '96 part too. And it's just like, what a, what a, what a career, what a strange career, uh, to say the least. But um, as we said uh, earlier, uh, Steve, we've got, let's see, we've got Mick Foley coming up on the A and E, and we've got uh, the Grizzly Smith one coming up on Dark Side of the Ring. And you want to talk about two two documentaries that are going to be much similar different. Beers? um Similar be, beards. Yeah, they have beards, but <laughs> um, th- this is not one where we talk about with the warrior and sort of the common themes. I don't see many uh, commonalities between uh, these two coming up because the Mick Foley one is going to be um I- always interesting because I, you know, I'm just a big Mick Foley fan. I think it'll be fun just to kind of look back at, at some of the points uh, throughout his career. Uh, Hopefully, don't have to see him getting hit uh, 87 times with a chair. Yeah, we probably will. I'll probably
1: be in there. Uh, I
0: I just can't stand watching that at this point. Uh, I just, I don't like it. Um, And that you talk about matches that go the other way for me as the years progress. That one is one that I hate more and more as the uh, the years uh, progress. But and then going into the Grizzly Smith stuff, like that's just going to be. Oh like that's, that that' be ugly that's got be a I, I think
1: you can say that Noel and Dewey and Huey do not have the same skeletons in their closet that uh Jake Roberts and Ben have no. yeah
0: Ooh. well that's what different
1: I, different uh different families systems
0: are I'm curious I guess to see kind of what um on the dark side of the ring part like who they're gonna talk to um well we know Jake will be we all know Jake uh <laughs> like I mean. I assume, like, Sam Houston. Right Cornette, you know. I mean, I don't know if they're going to get, like, you know, Sam Houston or those guys. Baby I doll. Know. But <laughs> we'll see, I guess. But uh, that's... I don't
1: know where Rock and Robin is these days. I, Sam Houston's still in jail, by the way. I
0: don't know what, uh, that's what, again, I, I would probably have to look at like I think he what, set the record
1: for DUIs last night.
0: Yeah. Like that's the kind of thing too. So maybe it may be hard. I, I don't know what, I don't know what to expect from this episode, but I know it's probably not going to be one that, um, it won't be, it won't be pretty. No, it's, it's not going to be good at all. Um, so yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be a, an interesting one uh, for sure. But those are the ones that are coming up next. And as we always do, uh, we'll go back and, uh, kind of, you know, talk about the most recent, recent episodes of both um and i guess we're getting close to almost winding down the uh the a and e biographies what do we have foley left we have Brett. brett's and i believe i believe that's it is that it yeah that may be it um and then i think dark side grizzly smith and then dynamite kid and then i want to say that's when the break is um until later in the year i think that's correct uh but um we will we will look at those and uh yes, it's uh should be interesting. There was discuss-
1: originally a different uh A and E schedule, but you notice they did switch a couple of those around to yeah. kind of uh jive. I mean and I don't think it's an accident that Bret Hart and die my kid are on the same week either.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say I thought originally I could be wrong, but I thought originally Brett was supposed to be after Sean, but I want to say they may have. I could be wrong. It may have been their. That's yeah,
1: probably so. better to spread those out too, yeah. because we
0: we didn't really need two straight weeks in Montreal. No, I was going to say I, I was. That's probably a smart move, anyways. Uh, knowing they're going to go into that on both of those. So, um, yeah. So that's what we'll have uh, coming up uh, here on the podcast. And um, Steve, I know as you said, you've got the. The Top Warrior matches uh, coming up as one of the uh, columns you'll have up on 4-1 Mania. Uh, what else uh, you got on the way there?
1: Uh, well, I am current, I am the uh, two-week fill-in for AEW Dynamite re- mm-hmm. Recap since, uh, you know, Tony Acero has a busy life on Friday night. He likes to go out and hit the town and do his <laughs> thing, if you will. Get his cash, make some money. Uh, you know, I, we we like Tony here, he, he, so he's not able to work Friday night, so I am at least temporarily, so be doing that here. Two, two weeks of Dynamite from yours truly. It'll be fun. Good times there. And I uh, got the Warrior thing coming up. The Botch is coming up. And who knows what else will be coming up. It'll be a good time.
0: Yep, yeah, should be fun. Uh, we'll have the links uh, to all Steve's stuff in the show notes. You can check that out there. And, uh, yes, we do have AW uh, Double or Nothing on Sunday. I'm sure a lot of people will be tuning into that. Of course, we'll have all our reviews and everything uh, over at 411mania.com. You can check out uh, everything there, live coverage as well. Um, Check it all out, and uh, lots more uh, columns uh, over there on the site we'll have coming up. Uh, And if you haven't listened to the previous episode of the podcast, I talked to Brandon Thurston about all the just what a what a noteworthy couple weeks it's been news-wise uh, in terms of uh, WWE laying off people, AEW announcing their move to, to TBS with Dynamite and Rampage, all that stuff. Uh, we talked about that, so you can go back and That's listen. It's too much to keep stuff. track of. It's a, been a ton, hasn't it? Um, too much. Just a, a very, very noteworthy couple weeks, and uh, we're going to try. I think we're actually working on a column talk about the uh the rumors on uh the wwe new japan front which wrestling is just it's getting interesting uh these days i can't
1: wait can't wait for baron corbin's g1 run it's gonna be, <laughs> it's gonna be fantastic
0: baron corbin versus monoro suzuki the match i'm telling you, know, he'll, he'll, you he'll, he'll go
1: over there or are will go <laughs> over there and then people try to tell us he's a good wrestler now it's happened before you know these big guys they go over to japan and all of a sudden it's like oh my gosh you know Giant Bernard is this great wrestler now and then he comes back (laughs) and he's the same same bad wrestler was before but you know he'll be good over there by god So uh, wow. baron corbin next he might be a next champion over there who the heck knows what's going on with their title
0: well if there's anyone that uh probably is thrilled at the move probably ricochet because i think ricochet, would, ricochet could use them <laughs> he would be he very happy to go back to new japan um so we'll see if that happens but yes uh, i think uh, our guy ian hamilton um is working on uh, a column on that uh, hopefully we'll have up on the side in the near future so check everything out for one mania.com subscribe to the podcast 411 on wrestling any podcast app you use as always love to go fund me uh, for Larry Zonka's family in the show notes uh, continue to share uh, if you can on that and uh, again everything else for one mania.com so thanks as always uh, for listening to the podcast and uh, we'll talk to you next time here on the 411 on wrestling podcast